Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. fans another edition of inside boxing live i am your host dan canobio and i'm thank you so much for joining us this week woke up with an extra pep in my step because i don't have to talk about wba corruption failed drug test legends getting into the ring when they shouldn't we get to break down a huge heavyweight fight alexander Usyk stepping into the ring to face anthony joshua and joining me on the show this week to break it down tris dixon a great author of the book damage uh, contributes to ring magazine bt sport and he's a host of the boxing life stories podcast which is just tremendous and we'll get tris's uh you know expertise and also get his uh, a feel for how this fight is trending over there in the uk not a lot of promotion for this fight over here in the U.S., I think it's part of the zone's new uh, revamped game plan in terms of marketing of you know staying over there on that side of the pond. But it's a huge fight. I think all boxing fans will be tuned in uh, this week because the winner of this fight, in theory, will hopefully get the winner of Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury, so we can crown the first ever four belt heavyweight champion. Uh, this fight, I think, is going to be really intriguing. Uh, one thing to keep an eye on with Anthony Joshua is this transformation that he is under, uh, has been going through in his last six fights post-Klitschko, where he's turned into more of a cautious fighter. He's turned into more of a jabber uh, than he was in the 16 fights before Klitschko, where he was a seek-and-destroy knockout guy. Uh, this is something we've been tracking. I'm going to put out some more videos over on Twitter as the fight week goes on. Uh, but we'll break this fight down every way possible. Alexander Usyk, uh, cruiserweight king, uh, Olympic gold medalist, just like Joshua, too. It's the first time, or not the first, but it's going to be a fight between two gold medalists. Uh, but Alexander Usyk is a busy fighter, or he was at cruiserweight in terms of punches thrown. You know, throwing 66 punches around. Will he be able to do that against Joshua? You know, he's going to give Joshua fits, I think, in there early on. A lot of movement. But I think it's going to ultimately come down as, is when will Joshua find Usyk and unload some of those, uh, those power shots? Because I do think it's going to be a little bit of a chess match, at least for the first half of the fight uh, uh, with Anthony Joshua and Alexander Usyk over on the zone. Pump for this one. Uh, the boxing rolls is going to start kicking into overdrive at some big fights. But first, we have to break this one down. So here he is, Tris Dixon. Time to bring in our guest this week here on Inside Boxing Live. He is a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to boxing media. Tris Dixon, host of Boxing Life, stories contributor for Ring Magazine, BT Sport, uh, acclaimed author. His most recent book, Damage, I think is uh, required reading uh, from everyone, from boxing fans, boxers, up to promoters, up and down the ranks. Uh, an all-around great guy, and he's finally here on Inside Boxing Live. All it took was uh, Anthony Joshua Usyk fight week to get it done, but you're here, and I'm happy to have you, Tris. I'm happy to be here, Dan. Thank you very much for the introduction. I appreciate it, and thanks for having me. Wow, this is a big fight, Tris. This is a, a big one. Uh, if you take a look at the just the, the stat lines on it, we're going to get into all the numbers, but uh, just the accolades for both of these uh, both of these guys here. Olympic gold medalists. You can make a case that each guy is toughest fight uh, to test uh, to, to date, and not only that, it's like a de facto semifinal. Uh, to crown uh, an undisputed heavyweight champion 
uh, in the heavyweight division. This is a mammoth fight this Saturday between Anthony Joshua and Usyk. Yeah, and yet, you know, there's still part of me that thinks, you know, it's not the one that we wanted because we were waiting <laughs> for Fury Joshua. And I don't, I don't mean to be ungrateful with what, with what we've got. You mentioned the semifinals. We have Wilder and Fury on tap again for a third fight. And then obviously we have this weekend's fight. But it's still not the one we wanted. And like I said, I don't mean to be uh, uh, so negative about it. And, and there's a lot to be positive about, as you, as you said, rightfully so there. Um, it's not the one we want. It's just, what, it's just one of those things for boxing fans. You know, you want the best to fight the best. And, you know, we want the cream of the crop to, to rise and all the rest of it. And what we really want is actually on hold. But this is good enough for the time being, for sure. Yeah, you know, it's it's when you're a boxing fan, you kind of are used to being let down. Uh, and that's, you know, some fans felt that case. There were a lot of wilder supporters that, you know, he rightfully deserved that third fight. You won't get into all that. But I always said, if listen, if we're not going to get Fury Joshua, this consolation prize of Usyk uh, Joshua and Fury Wilder three, pretty damn good. If you take a look at the heavyweight division, even 10 years ago, it was so bleak. But to have this right here, you know, this is a little silver lining, no? Yeah, sure. I'm not sounding quite as upbeat as you, but I do feel good. And I'm looking for, I'm looking forward to the fight. You know, the, there was a bit, there was a long period of time where I, I think it was probably after uh, Usyk uh, beat Chisora in a, in a close hard fight where I thought Joshua was going to walk through him. But now time's got on. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite so sure about that. First on Anthony Joshua, uh, you know, I've asked him this before, what he thinks or what people think of him. Does he think of that? And I feel like that's an ongoing theme of his career because the guy has accomplished so much in such a short time. But he's a little bit of a little bit of a lightning rod, I, I would say a little uh, underappreciated, one might say as well. What is the general opinion of Anthony Joshua these days over in England? Well, you know, he is kind of. Uh... You know, in terms of sporting stardom, he is like a Tiger Woods or a Tom Brady in the UK. He's that level. You know, he's he's right there in the top guys with the with the top soccer players in this country, in terms of fame. And obviously, you can see he's gonna he's selling tens and ten, tens and thousands of tickets to his fight in another stadium that he's gonna pack out on Saturday night. It's again the hottest ticket in town. So he's a huge, huge draw. And, you know, he, ha he has all the blue chip endorsement companies and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, Hugo Boss and Under Armour, all those guys are in play. And, you know, those guys aren't necessarily always linked with boxing by any stretch. Uh, Beats by Dre, all these big companies, mm -hmm. you know, they're, they're, they're some of the big, some of the really big boys. And he's involved with all, with all of them. So there's that side of things. Um, as a personality, I think maybe that's a, where he's a little bit divisive and maybe because... He has, um, it's hard to put the nail, it's hard to hit the nail on the head with this. I think that, that, that AJ is a, is a great personality. I think he's a great guy, but I'm not sure that we see it all, all the time or see it enough. I think what we are presented with is a very manicured and polished mm -hmm. individual that is, you know, perhaps not as human or humane as we'd like our people to be. Um, he seems to be quite manicured and, and heavily branded. And, you know, when you think of some of the great boxing personalities, um, I think AJ's got one in there, but he doesn't allow it to come out too much. And he, he's very safe in interviews and 
all that kind of stuff. And he probably doesn't do himself justice, but I suppose set against the rogue Tyson Fury, they're probably <laughs> quite a good pairing for one another. And when you look at Yusuk and some of his behavior, he's quite yeah. out there and how, you know, how he's dancing around and doing this, that, and the other. I think, you know, AJ just plays a straight bat and, you know, maybe that's partly to do with the British press and how they've knocked so, you know, built people up and knocked them down over the years that maybe mm -hmm. if, if AJ can't, if he doesn't say anything wrong, they, they can't give him anything. You never know what's, what's going to happen in the second portion of his career. And uh, he just inked a lifetime deal with Matchroom and, and Eddie Hearn, uh, which I think was a no-brainer. Both guys uh, have gained tremendously uh, from that partnership. But we see this with Canelo. Uh, you know, he was kind of the same way as Anthony Joshua has been. You know, kind of, you know, doesn't do a lot of interviews. When he does, very manicured, like he said. Uh, doesn't really give you a lot, and then something a, a switch went off. In his last fight, he's you know he's speaking in English. He's cursing out Andrade. He's he's uh, you know just expressing himself more. So who knows? Maybe we can see that uh, from Joshua in the second half of his career. But I'm always interested uh, to see what the what the general public thinks of him overseas uh, because I think that's an ongoing stuff uh, with, with him. But let's talk about the fight. Let's talk about uh, Joshua inside the ring and something I'm working on this week with CompuBox, and it's this has been something we've been tracking for a while now is the transformation of anthony joshua inside of the ring from a uh seek and destroy type of fighter a a a, uh, a puncher boxer now to a complete 180 he is a boxer he is a boxer puncher and, and the stats are, are are can show that i mean this guy was throwing jabs uh now in his career the, since the, i think it was six fights post klitschko he is now throwing jabs 54 percent of the time compared to the 16 fights before Klitschko, where he was throwing power shots 54% of the time. Go back to his last fight with Pulev. He threw uh, jabs 63% of the time, Tris. And this goes hand-in-hand hand with what you just talked about, him being manicured. This new, uh, I would say, style for Joshua, is it sustainable? Is it to keep the gravy train rolling? Uh, is it something that can be labeled as boring? Uh, what, what do you think of Joshua, what we're seeing now? Yeah, I think maybe the bloodthirsty masses in the in the boxing public might just might say it's boring. It, it kind of does remind me a bit about Vladimir Klitschko and how his his style changed and adapted with time. You know, he was proven to be vulnerable a couple of times, obviously with Lamont Brewster. Um, oh God, and who else beat him? Ross Purity, but obviously there was another guy who was at. Uh, Lost well, so many of his fights were just were very yeah. not were not memorable. <laughs> well, and but also no, but then he was up and down with Sam Peter, wasn't he? He had mm -hmm. he had some hard fights, but then you know Emmanuel Stewart started to really iron out the kinks and he became a bit more safety first. And I think that's what Rob McCracken is doing with Joshua. He's making him box to his dimensions. He's boxing longer, he's using his athleticism now in terms of how he's moving around the ring. And like you said at start oh, at the top there. You know, he was this seek and destroy guy and now he's not. You know, he realizes that 36 minutes in a 20 foot ring is a long period of time to be stuck in there with someone. And the openings will come at some point. You don't have to uh, march across the ring and find them straight away. Um, I think what he's doing is perfectly sensible. And, you know, we mentioned damage at the top. It's great for his longevity as well, um, because... Um, you know, it is a more safety first thing. He obviously found out with Andy Ruiz that you don't necessarily want to go toe to toe with all these guys if you don't have to. And he didn't have to with Ruiz, as he showed in the rematch where he took a different approach and he boxed and moved his way to a steady 12 round decision. Um, I think one of the things I'd be interested to know about from you guys is how much he's been using his right uppercut. 
because that's been a great weapon against some of the oh, big yeah. guys. Yeah. And I think it could be a terrific weapon on Saturday night against Usyk where, you know, he can get the smaller guy coming in towards him a little bit and just walk him onto that right uppercut. Bit. I think that could be a really big punch for him on Saturday night. Well, it was a huge punch from against Pulev. I mean, he was landing like three, four of them in a row, which is pretty unheard of. Uh, but just to go back a, a second, um, you know, I think it, it is sustainable. I think it's uh, the right move. And that fight with Pulev, he was able to, I think it was the perfect balance. You know, he's been working on this strategic change, which we got, you should also give him credit for, you know, making that change in the middle of a career is it, pretty impressive. And uh, I thought against Pulev, he was he mastered it perfectly. He he fought from distance. He fought in close with that with that uppercut that you talked about. Uh, so I think that he's now in the 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 good part of this transition, where for the next couple of years he'll be able to master that uh, boxer puncher or, or style. So yeah, I'm gonna see what he's gonna do this weekend. When it comes to Usyk, on the other hand, this guy's a workhorse man, throwing 66 punches around. Uh, a lot of that data comes when he was at cruiserweight, where he was a little bit uh, you know lighter. But if you take a look at his last two fights at heavyweight, 53 punches around, which would still be at the top of the list uh, in the heavyweight division. But the question I always like to ask uh, when it comes to busy fighters, will Usyk be that busy on Saturday night, knowing that there is a lot of power coming his way? Yeah. And the question is, does he really need to be? Because, you know, I've been given this some thought as well. And, and you know, you think of how Usyk boxed against Chisora, maybe that's going to lull people into the false sense of security because I don't think he's going to be best served going on the front foot against Joshua. I think he's going to be better served going on the back foot because we still don't know what Anthony Joshua's engine and gas tank is like in a hard fight when he's on the front foot and not when someone, you know, when, when he's being made to chase someone down. And I think if Usyk is elusive and if he's able to pick Joshua off on occasion on the way in and Joshua's taking damage and he's not got a load of success and he's starting to burn through his engine, starting to burn through, through the fuel in pursuit of Usyk, then it could get really interesting because I think Joshua might have a second wind in him, but there will come a portion there in probably in between rounds eight and 10, should it go that far where he might really start to run low on his reserves. And we've seen with Usyk that he can still pick people off with these, um accurate counters um from all angles and joshua yeah. sometimes does come in in straight lines and sometimes he does go forward in straight lines and i think if usik's presenting him with these angles and, and moving off to the side and landing punches and keeping joshua chasing the entire time then i think that's probably his best chance of victory rather than doing what he did against chisora and saying i'm a heavyweight i'm going to hang with you guys <laughs> because i'm a heavyweight i don't think that's yeah. the way forwards at all do you think usik has enough power how much power do you need to win a 12 round decision? I think he's, you know, it's when you're, when you're, I think he's got that. I, I think he does. I think he's got the, enough power to win respect. And so that Joshua doesn't just keep coming and walking through him. And I also think he's fast enough. And like you said, busy enough to be able to, to, to be able to do, to let, to follow that game plan through. Um, I think as soon as he gets in a firefight, though, it could be he could be in trouble. And, and that's one of the other things with Usyk. He doesn't mind getting getting down and dirty in the trenches. And that could lead to his downfall. Yeah, because any, any heavyweight fight. And I put this tweet out yesterday because both these guys are jab heavy. 
I mean, it's it just over 50% for each guy when it comes to uh, throwing their jab. I mean, that's just who they are. It's in their DNA. But in, a, in a, any heavyweight fight, there's always some moments where both guys just, just let it go because it's the heavyweight division. I can see that happening. But I can also see the first half of this fight being calculated, being a chess match, you know, both guys fighting behind their jab, looking to land power shots. You know, Joshua only throws under 20 power shots around. It's, it's a remarkably low number. Usyk much higher up there. But I, I just don't see Usyk, you know, throwing that many punches, like you said. But uh, how do you see this fight at least playing out first half versus second half? Well, it's interesting you say that about Joshua's stats, 20 punches around. And I wonder if he's got faith in his engine, you know, because he was exhausted, obviously, in the Klitschko fight where he mm -hmm. found some punches from the gods to win. Well, 20 power punches around. Yeah. Um, but it's only he only throws 37 around. I mean, th these are very low numbers. That's why his percentages are way up. He is an extremely calculated fighter. But that's what I mean. I'm, I also want, you know, he doesn't waste any punches because I'm mm -hmm. not sure he's got the faith in his gas tank when he gets in, when he gets right in the trenches. We'll obviously have to see, but it's obviously very different doing that when you're, um, when you have, when you're having everything your own way, but whether it's inspiring or a fight. I remember David Hay, he was fighting on the way up. He fought a guy, Ismail Abdul, a very tough guy and did 12 rounds. He's like, yeah, I know what to do. I know what 12 rounds feels like now. And it wasn't really what 12 rounds feels like because he did what he wanted when he wanted over the 36 minutes. You know, it's not the same as like a Ward Gatti where you, you know, have momentum shifts and all the rest of it. Um, but I don't know. I mean, in terms of how it starts again, like you, I think there's, you know, high stakes. So I can't see anyone flying out the blocks and, and really stamp their authority on it. They could be, they could be, it could be a very, very slow start with Usyk maybe circling and Joshua in pursuit. Um, but ultimately, I think there will come a point where they stand and engage. It probably will come around the middle rounds. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how it unfolds. You know, with Joshua, his two of his best shots against uh, are the best shots that you can throw against the southpaw, the right, the right hand and the left hook. Right. And, you know, he could he could get serious success with those shots. But also, you know, when 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 you look at the guys that Joshua's for. Usyk presents a very, very different style. He's fought no one, no one like Usyk at all. And how do you get sparring for him as well? You know, because you can't, no one, no one can really impersonate Usyk and what he can do, um, certainly to that level. So it'll be interesting again. And if you're employing sparring partners to do that, how do you know what you're going to do? Are you going to have the Usyk who tried to outmuscle Chizor? Are you going to have the Usyk who can right. box a bit and give you angles? You know, you kind of don't know what you're going to get on the night. We don't it know. It could that. fall somewhere in the middle with Usyk in terms of, I don't think he's going to throw 66 punches around. I don't think he's going to throw 30. It could be somewhere in the middle. Uh, he's going to pick and choose his spots. Like you said, he's going to try to wear down AJ, at least I think. Let's tell you what though, man, after the last couple of weeks that we've had in boxing, this fight feels huge. It doesn't feel, I mean, there's not a lot of promotion here in the States for it, but I know that's going to feel big uh, when it comes because we have not had a big fight in a long time. I think there's heavy, high stakes, like we talked about. Uh, the winner of this, in all hopes, will get the winner of Wilder uh, and Fury. Uh, and there was a lot of asterisks being thrown around the boxing world these days. But this is a big one. I mean, I, just from, I know this is a, a bad gauge, but just looking at my... Uh, responses to some of my tweets it's like almost 50 50 there is a people are making very very strong cases for Usyk and people are making very very strong cases for Joshua yeah I don't see it as a 50 50 fight I'd say it's like an 80 20 fight for Joshua yeah. um I'd say it's his fight to lose because 
you know, you know, I, I hate to go the cliche route, but an, a, a good big guy beats a good little guy. And that's oh, often true. proven to be the case, you know, through mm-hmm. the years, through history. And uh, he's bringing, you know, he has improved so much. And, you know, I don't think Rob McCracken gets the credit that he deserves for what he's done with Joshua from the start, but particularly, obviously, since he picked him up from about 10 fights into his pro career, because he's the one who's instigated the changes you've talked about. And yeah. I think, I think, you know, McCracken can steer the ship and he can, he can give, you know, you see how he's improved those last couple of fights. But the, the one thing that you can't legislate for is these guys, when they get the passion and the thrill of the mm-hmm. fight, I'm sure that Joshua engaged far more with Pulev than McCracken wanted him to. But also Joshua, I think, probably got to a point where he felt safe in that Pulev fight. Yeah. Where he, 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 he knew he was the alpha in the ring on that particular night. And he, he knew that, you know, Pulev wasn't, wasn't going to beat him that night. And I think, um, I think against Usyk, Usyk's always going to present a threat until the very, until the very end, uh, a different kind of threat where if you switch off for a minute, he's going to find an angle, he's going to find a shot and it'll be one that you don't see coming. And those are the ones that cause you to, to get undone as, as we saw that. That's the thing with Joshua. You got to give him, got to give him credit. Uh, his resume is extensive. I think it's the best resume uh, in the heavyweight division. But the one knock you can always pick a part of resume was come on. He never really fought anyone in their prime. He got Klitschko at age forty-two. Uh, Dillian White was too green. I mean, I've heard it all. But he beats Usyk. It's I think that's a good name on on his resume. And if Usyk beats Joshua, that is a massive win for him, and that just upsets the whole apple cart in the heavyweight division. It would be very boxing if Usyk pulled off an upset this weekend, right? Yeah, imagine that we wind up with Usyk Wilder instead. <laughs> it's coming. I mean, after the year that we've had, the last eighteen months, I would not be shocked. You heard it here first. Usyk Wilder uh, in at the Staples Center in California, and we're all hanging out. Or in Russia. Know, Russia, yeah, just put it somewhere. Like, yeah, just, well, Wilder will go to Russia. He he uh, he was on that plane until he got that call from uh, Tim yeah, Beckin. But sure. uh, I I always say boxing goes as the heavyweight division goes. Uh, this is a great way to wash away some of the headlines of the last couple of weeks. You can't forget about the headlines, but if you want to try to ease the pain that boxing has been uh, dishing out lately with some of these terrible stories, the heavyweight division uh, with these four guys, intriguing. Yeah, very much so. And one of the things that's intriguing over here, and obviously you're just sort of te- testing the temperature to see how big it is over here, is it's actually AJ's last fight on his current deal on Sky Sports Boxing, which is probably right. the biggest platform for boxing over in this country right now. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the link up with the Hearns, uh, the, the, the permanent link up now with the Hearns, which I think is unheard of in terms of my... A lifetime contract in boxing. Wow. Um you know, which is, which is incredible, but you know, the, it, it lends you, it, it makes you believe that it could well be like Joshua's last fight on Sky Sports Boxing. It looks like he's going to head to the zone. Yeah, it's wild. It's kind of like the Sky Sports equivalent. It's like the HBO over here. So when they closed up shop, it was shocking. It was just wow. And that's, you know, I don't say Sky's closing up shop, you know, they're affiliated now with, with top rank and, uh, they'll always be be survivors, but the business world is changing. Anthony Joshua is a businessman. Uh, you can see it in the ring with his new style. See it outside the ring. The guy's uh, got it going on. He has his hands full this weekend. Tris Dixon, I'm pumped for this fight. Uh, I'm excited to have you on. You're the most jacked boxing writer in uh, in the game right now. And a big competition uh, coming up this weekend. You'll catch the fight as well. Always love talking with you, Tris. You're one of the best. 
Likewise, Dan. Thanks for having me. And say hi to your dad as well. You know, he means a lot to me. And I think he's, he's an act, uh, you know, a legit Hall of Famer. Great guy. Thank you. I, I agree with that. Thanks, Tris. That's right. Thanks for having me.